be bracing for the possibility of catastrophic flooding around the state today, particularly in Jackson, as water levels on the Pearl River continue to rise. The president of the largest U.S.-based flight attendance union says too many airline workers, especially at small regional carriers, are struggling to get by, even as the airlines report multi-billion dollar profits. Sarah Nelson says some are nearing the boiling point, and there could be wildcat walkouts despite a federal law that makes it nearly impossible for airline workers to strike. Nelson says workers are just being pushed too hard. She also talks about the reluctance of flight attendants to get back on the Boeing 737 MAX, which has been grounded since March after two deadly crashes. Correspondent Jeremy House, President Trump in Florida today. He'll watch the Daytona 500. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher wants to try to understand Joe Biden. The Democrats are in free fall. They don't know what to do. Biden is calling people lying dog-faced pony soldiers. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. What does that mean? Please, someone? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. We just launched a daily newsletter. It's called the Daybreak Insider, and you'll get a rapid-fire look at the day's news from a conservative viewpoint. So make sure you subscribe right now at am1280thepatriot.com using the keyword subscribe. Just past 1 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. we got partly sunny skies today. We reach a high of 23, and we got hour one of the Brad Carlson Show of the Narn coming up right now on The Patriot. expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering go flight. Master control go flight. Studio engineer go flight. We are go for launch in T-3 2 1 We have liftoff The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in, weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, thanks for tuning in on this uh, well, kind of a kind of a typical February day, I guess, in the in the 20s. Yesterday, it, you could tell how cold it was this past week when yesterday it was like 30 degrees and sunny. It was it felt downright balmy. It was nice. That's that's how you know that you are in the throes of a cold winter. The dog days of winter, as they say. I know dog days are typically <laughs> referred to as summer, late August. But dog days of winter, yeah, mm-hmm. these, these might be it. Well, aren't we, isn't it supposed to get really cold again next week, too? Probably. I, I see... Yeah, I thought like Wednesday is supposed to be like maybe like a high of eight or something. It's February. Yeah, I know. I, I, I that's acceptable. But when it gets into March, late March, and yeah, in, yeah, no. yeah, that's where it's difficult. I still remember vividly 2013, and I remember this because we had reacquired our 
Twins season ticket package for the twenty prior to the twenty thirteen season. It was mm-hmm. a partial package, twenty games. Sure. And I remember the looking at my car thermometer in the morning going to going to work. It was ten days before opening day at Target Field. Uh huh. Five degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Five degrees. And the morning of op- it was an afternoon game. They were playing the Tigers. Uh huh. The morning of opening day at Target Field, seventeen degrees. And it got up to like thirty two but the sun was out. It was yeah. okay. It was tolerable. Yep. But by the time it got to be 4 o'clock and the sun was setting, uh-huh. during a pitching change, I'll never forget this, during a, Tigers are making a pitching change, all of their infielders ran to the dugout, put on gloves, and stood in front of a heater. <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah, it, no. was, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I was at that game. And okay. a fun story. You know. All right. I uh, got a story with that, though. I hadn't missed a Twins home opener by then. I think the last one I missed was like 2006. Me and my, me and my family loved to go to home openers, sure. right? The day before, literally the day before, it was Easter Sunday, and I was playing basketball uh, with my family members in my uh, in my driveway. Put the hoop at seven and a half feet so we could all dunk. Well, went up for a dunk on my cousin, posterized him, made him look silly. But on my way down, he kind of gave me a playful shove, and so I had to fall a little bit awkwardly. My left knee buckled. I felt everything pop in it. Turns out, I tore my ACL, MCL, and my meniscus. But you know what I did the next day? In a wheelchair, rolled on up to Target Field and watched the game up until like the eighth inning. And eventually, I called my parents and like I got to go home. Prime right. seating, right? Uh, no, I was well. I mean, kind. Of, I was in the shade though. Wheelchair accessible. Come on now. Well, I was, yeah, that, I was. Yeah, I was down the first that'd baseline. That'd be a problem in a day like that. Yeah, right. I was down the first baseline. <laughs> Granted, they had the little heaters above us ready to go, and those were working. But still. It got to the eighth inning. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm in terrible pain. I'm freezing. I need to leave. Yeah, but I wasn't going to miss it, and I didn't. Well, yeah, you could be like, uh, you know, as long as you go there for five innings, it's an official game. Right. And you could say you kept the streak alive. I did it. Oh, yeah. I did it. And now, boy, I don't remember the last home opener I've been to. It's been a few years. Yeah. Well, and uh, <laughs> this year is probably going to be sold out. Well, it's sold out every home opener, and sure. then it gets down to like 10,000 fans the next game. But this year's team... A little more optimism surrounding it. Absolutely, uh, but we'll get we'll maybe get to sports talk later on. But I do want to get to uh, some local issues from this past week. Uh, the Minnesota Legislature opened its 2020 session this past Tuesday. I should have had you insert the scary music. Dun dun dun! Every time I hear of the legislative session opening, uh, I reflexively grab my wallet. Yeah, it is the legislative session. So we'll talk about that. That got going this past Tuesday. And I talked a little bit about it last week. I maybe gave kind of a quasi-preview of this session, talking about that really I wouldn't expect a whole lot to get done simply because, well, it's not a budgeting year. La- you know, Budgeting years are typically more important. You have to pass a budget. And last year obviously was a budgeting year. This year uh, is a prospects for a bonding bill, but the threshold to pass bonding bill are much higher in that you need a 60% threshold in both chambers. Well, because – you have the DFL-controlled House and the Republican-controlled Senate. Uh, neither majority party is going to get everything they want because you're still going to need members from the other party to come over and, and join forces, and that's just not going to happen. So I'll read a little bit from Steve Karnowski of the Associated Press. Uh, what do you suppose, uh, can you maybe guess as to which advocates were most prominent uh, showing up to day one at the Capitol. Yeah, here it is from Steve Karnowski, Associated Press. Dozens of women wearing red Moms Demand Action t-shirts in support of, yep, gun control gathered outside the House 
and Senate chambers and roam the halls of the Capitol to welcome lawmakers back. Yeah, I bet they welcome some back more than others. <coughs> uh, the House held not one but two hearings on a Democratic-backed bill to provide emergency insulin supplies to diabetics who can't afford them, one of the main issues left over from last year. Senate Republicans plan to hold a hearing Thursday on their own insulin bill that focuses on long-term affordability. Major elements of the Senate proposal have been incorporated into the House bill, but the two parties disagree over how much the insulin manufacturers should pay. Now, I have a little qualm with this one because you're talking about a private business, and we live, whether you like it or not, and depending on your political stripes, it's in the eye of the beholder, the capitalist system is the prevalent economic system in this country. So this idea that you are going to try to put a tell an organization, a, a corporation, manufacturer, to put a cap on their product, the price of the product, uh, I, I've got yeah, I got a problem with that. But the comeback is well, it's the only product of its type, and it is literally a matter of life or death for people with diabetes, in this case, you know, getting access to insulin. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. But the one thing I always bring up, and, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure the answer uh, with this, but I, I have a feeling it's kind of the same issue that people face with the EpiPen. You're familiar with the EpiPen, you know, the syringe where it's like a plunger where you can uh, get an injection of your medicine to, you know, it's for people with allergic reactions. And this was something similar with this EpiPen a few years ago where politicians were railing on the enormous cost of just to replace one of these things. Well, the issue with that was there were other manufacturers looking to bring to market a product similar to the EpiPen, but they couldn't get it through to the marketplace. Why? Well, obstructive government for one. How much red tape and government bureaucracy do you have to go through to get a product to market? Now, again, it would be irresponsible to not have any sort of background checks, so to speak, any sort of uh, red tape to bring a product to market because you don't want to bring something to market that critical and all of a sudden there be things that are missed during, say, a routine FDA inspection, and all of a sudden it costs a lot of lives. So I'm sensitive to that from that standpoint. But there has to be a situation where can't some of this red tape or this government nanny state obstructionism be put to the wayside in order to bring an alternative to the market? It may not be as good an alternative, but it's more affordable, and in some cases where people aren't as heavily inflicted by a certain ailment, it can benefit them. So I bring all that to say I can't help but wonder if that's the same situation with insulin. Is there some sort of product, a, a alternative that can be brought to market that could help out diabetics who, you know, aren't as whose situations aren't as peril? So these are things I'm thinking about, and uh, you know, obviously now's not the really the time to have that. Uh, discussion because this there this is a serious issue and some may say it's of crisis proportions so something has to get done there's no doubt about it so that's one issue that's prevailing uh the others of course is uh has to do with gun control 
Uh, again, continuing with this uh, Steve Karnowski story in the Star Tribune, House Democrats also plan to pass two gun violence prevention measures, a bill for universal background checks on firearms transfers, and a quote-unquote red flag bill to allow courts to confiscate guns from people judged to be in imminent danger to themselves or others. Similar legislation passed the House last year, but not the Republican-controlled Senate, where leaders don't plan to take the bills up this year either. Democrats hope to use the issue to regain control of the Senate in the 2020 elections. This session, we will spend time articulating our vision for Minnesota, Democratic House Speaker Melissa Hortman of Brooklyn Park told reporters. And some of that won't become law. We know that. But rather than dismiss it as just politics, I think it's important to elevate what we do in a democracy. It's about telling Minnesotans what we do if we had a Democratic Senate. So there you go. This is exactly this thing I talked about last week. This is all about positioning yourself for this election cycle. Because once this session is over, I think late May, mid to late May, the sessions typically end, it's Katie bar the door, nose to the grindstone, five and a half, six months of nothing but campaigning. Because all 201 legislative seats are up for election. So what this session is about is about positioning themselves. And no one is going to want to take a vote that they feel is going to inhibit their re-election prospects if indeed they're running for re-election. There's going to be obviously some retirements uh, coming up, and so a lot of those legislators won't have as as much a care in the situation, or, or I shouldn't say will be as judicious as, as their colleagues. So this is something that is going to be a salient issue this session is messaging, because what happens is... Democrats will tout that these background check bills have 80 to 90 percent voter support, but it's the way they phrase the question that that allows them to have this response. See, I appreciate Steve Karnowski in this particular piece where he aptly describes it as universal background checks on firearm transfers, not purchases. There are already there are already background checks for purchases, but transfers, which are more cumbersome. And gun owners who would acquiesce to some of these laws, do they really know that intimately what they're proposing? This would be, I guess, the initial House file was House File 8 last year. But our friends at the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, and Rob Dorr may have addressed this on Mitch's show yesterday. I know he was Mitch. um, Rob Dorr is the uh, political director of the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. He was on with Mitch yesterday. I didn't get a chance to hear the whole interview, so if I'm repeating something Rob said yesterday, I apologize. But this is a chance to get these bills tabled. Uh, I'll read from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Facebook page. House Files 8 and 9 have been scheduled for a hearing on Tuesday, February 18th. We do not expect any public testimony to be taken during this committee hearing, so there is no need to show up for this committee hearing. But... This is our chance to kill these bills by applying pressure on the House Ways and Means Committee to table the bills. When a bill is tabled, it is set aside and cannot be acted upon unless brought off of the table in a standalone vote. So that's going to be critical to this legislation. And again, it's got no chance to get through the Senate, and this isn't a budgeting year, so they can't attempt the tactic to try to slip it in 
to public safety omnibus bill, which is part of the greater budget. Okay, they're not going to have that opportunity to do that this year. So there will be no gun control this session, I'm confident in saying. However, however, this session, once again, is going to be used more for these elected officials to try to tighten up their campaign messages and say, huh, look at this. These Republicans, we had an opportunity to pass these uh, uh, gun violence prevention bills, and these obstructionist Republicans were in our way. All we need to do is flip two Senate seats, two, count them two, and we have complete control in St. Paul. That's assuming the Democrats hang on to the House, which, because they have a substantial majority, that's going to be tough to overcome, again, as of looking at it as of right now. So um, there's going to be a lot to report on in terms of the uh, posturing in this session, but as far as legislation, probably not a whole heck of a lot. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. It's me, Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. AM twelve eighty the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. They put a parking lot on a piece of land. When we lost Dad this past year, it was really hard. Then we found out Minnesota was taking 13% of the inheritance he left behind. Even though Dad paid his taxes his entire life, that's just not fair. Not to mention, independent studies have shown the death tax drives so many people away, it actually loses the state money. It's time to end the unfair death tax now. To learn more, visit AxeTheTaxMN.com. Brought to you by the Center of the American Experiment. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my parents. They had them and I got them. And not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, even my husband noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them, and you can trust them too. So stop hiding your legs. Vein Clinics of America accepts most major insurance plans. So call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800 606 10, 10. You can save up to $2,400 during Standard Heating and Air Conditioning's 90th anniversary sale. Their celebration is on and you get the savings when you buy a high-efficiency furnace and AC or boiler from Standard Heating. You receive up to $1,930 off in honor of the year they opened their doors. But wait, there's more. If you buy this month, you'll be eligible to get an additional $500 off for a total savings of up to $2,430. Find out for yourself why over 500,000 Minnesotans have trusted Standard Heating since 1930. Go to standardheating.com patriot to find out more about how you can save a total of up to $2,430 on a new furnace and AC or boiler. You'll also find other great deals like Wi-Fi thermostats for just $90. That's standardheating.com patriot. Don't wait. Unlike standard heating, these deals won't be around for 90 years. Standard heating and air conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930. 
Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere. Allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Kind of focusing. Uh, Little uh, local politics, local issues, local uh, personalities, I guess you could say. And nothing is more nauseating than watching the media, the Minnesota media in particular, uh, bend over backwards to find a local angle in anything. And one of the more pathetic uh, displays of that occurred last year after the Mueller report came out in the investigation of, of if President Trump colluded with Russia during the 2016 election. And I think it was Fox 9 on their Facebook page posted a story and pointed out that Minnesota got a mention in the Mueller report. The word Minnesota was mentioned once in the Mueller report, yet Fox 9 felt compelled to post on their Facebook page, Minnesota got a mention in the Mueller report. It's pathetic. Do any other media markets do this? I, I'm, I'm curious about this that because it just seems, you know, and maybe I'm in a bubble because I've lived in the Twin Cities all my life. It it seems like the the media in this in this area is so needy that they need to find some sort of local angle to feel relevant we, to something national. Yeah, we love when we're in the national spotlight. It's we can't get enough of it, especially as sports fans. We really can't get enough of it. We and, like when we're recognized. And, of course, everybody's against us. Oh, you know, of course, yeah, always. The, the officials are always against Minnesota teams. Oh, always, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. So I bring that up because reports of Amy Klobuchar's rise, not demise, but rise, is greatly exaggerated. It was breathless coverage of her third-place finish at the New Hampshire primary. And the only reason people were just for lack of a better phrase, wetting their pants over this finish, particularly Minnesotans, uh, is because she was projected to finish maybe fifth or sixth. Well, what happened is it's not so much that Amy Klobuchar was that popular. It's just that Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, who were in the top three or four, both tanked because their campaigns are just falling apart. And so Klobuchar was in third by default. Okay, because... You know, she probably had her minimal support, core support. But then when Biden and Warren started to fall apart, well, then obviously a lot of Warren's support went toward Bernie Sanders because they're there of the same socialist ilk. And then Buttigieg inexplicably is somehow considered a moderate. I don't get that one. And therefore, some of Biden's votes may have gone to him. and and But some of Biden's votes may have gone to Klobuchar as well. So she got a rise out of this. Well, uh, Jim Garrity of the National Review decided to pour a little cold water 
on the Klobuchar, the uh, as well, the Klobuchar camp has come together and decide to call it Clomentum, not Clobmentum, but Clomentum. Okay, this is a campaign who can't make a decision when she's in Iowa and she's asked a very pointed question. Hey, what state fair do you consider better, Minnesota State Fair or Iowa State Fair? She's such an on-the-fence panderer, middle of the road, doesn't want to take a hard stance until she has to cast a vote, that she doesn't make the very obvious, uh, she doesn't convey the very obvious retort, which is the Minnesota State Fair is better. But nevertheless, she doesn't want to alienate uh, the Iowa voters because she was going to visit all 99 counties in hopes of winning Iowa. And, of course, that didn't happen. But we can decide on what this uh, surge is all about. We can call it clomentum, not clobomentum, but clomentum. They can get on board with that. Well, again, Jim Garrity, the National Review, decided to pour a little cold water on this clomentum. Uh, right before Christmas, we saw the political headline, The Surge is Real, Klobuchar Makes Late Push in Iowa. To the extent we can feel confident in the Iowa results, Klobuchar won 12.3% or so of the votes in the first round. Nothing to sneeze at. That finish is pretty darn good for a candidate who began the cycle with almost no name recognition, but that total is also fifth place, and Klobuchar got one delegate out of Iowa. The good news is that Klobuchar indeed appears to have closed strongly in New Hampshire, and for purposes of full disclosure, this piece was printed on Tuesday morning, the day of the New Hampshire primary, uh, right around the 15% delegate threshold, anywhere from third to fifth place, which ended up being third, depending upon how Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren finish. Klobuchar could finish third tonight and generate a lot of buzz. Well, she did, and she did. But in the limited polling we have in Nevada, Klobuchar is seventh behind Andrew Yang, who dropped out after the New Hampshire primary. (laughs) And in South Carolina, she's eighth, behind Tulsi Gabbard. Maybe if Biden quit the race, a lot of not openly socialist Democrats would be shopping around for new candidate and Klobuchar could pick up a bunch of supporters. But at this point, Biden sounds like he's staying in the race until at least South Carolina. Three days after South Carolina is Super Tuesday, 14 states deciding 1,344 delegates. The good news for Klobuchar is that one of them is Minnesota, and she should have a leg up on winning a majority of the state's 75 delegates. But beyond that, it's slim pickings for a candidate who hasn't had the resources to build a big organization in every state. Nationally, Klobuchar is in sixth place, averaging just below 5%. She's a distant seventh in California. In the coming weeks, Klobuchar is probably going to experience the painful gap between beating expectations and winning outright. The problem with respectable third-place finishes is that there's no, there's two other rivals ahead of you, and it's almost impossible to get the nomination that way. And to further expand upon that, 538, the uh, statistics website run by Nate Silver, at least as of right now, and things will change, of course, but at least, at least as of right now, no candidate, no Democrat candidate is expected to get the majority of delegates before the convention. So if that's the case, how in the world can you say that someone who is cons- who's at highest third place can possibly uh, overtake and, and win the nomination? I just don't see it as of right now. We want to go to a phone call real quick. Uh, John from Minneapolis is calling in on line one. Hey, John, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, well, 
just your last comment, Minnesota is very provincial when it comes to the media, especially the left-wing media. But my point is on uh, weapons checks. Okay. And it, it is, I've lived in several large cities, and it, is, it, it, it isn't an issue of weapons check. It's an issue of accessing guns illegally. Right. And what I would suggest is that the, the legislature in Minnesota work on addressing that issue by looking at both the person who, who has a felony and gets access to a weapon and number two, the person who provides that. So I think they need to add very, very strong punishment to the person who has sold them a weapon. So, for example, this weekend in the paper, there was an article about a fella who committed a crime and he had a weapon illegally. How did he get that weapon? That's the number one issue. And number yep. two, who sold it? Yep. So they both got to go to prison. And I'm not mean for five days. I mean for five years. Then you'll cut it. Otherwise... It's all just uh, soft talk. That's absolutely right, John, and we appreciate your phone call. And uh, don't have time to get into it because we only got about a minute left in this segment, but that is a perfect segue to our 2 o'clock guests. Uh, this is something uh, Reverend Tim Christopher and Louis Denard, both very active in the Second Amendment movement, while Louis being the president of the African-American Heritage Gun Club, that's a thing they'll tell you. And this is a thing that they testify on before the legislature constantly, so... We will definitely get to that in the 2 o'clock hour when we talk Second Amendment issues because both gentlemen have had a lot to say about that. And you're exactly right because the particular legislation that they're floating about right now it does little to nothing to keep the hands, the guns out of hands of uh, violent criminals because criminals don't follow laws. They just don't. And that seems like an overly obvious statement, but it seems to be lost on a lot of these legislators who just want to, I don't know, check a box on their or on their checklist, whatever checklist they may have. So, again, we'll save that for the 2 o'clock hour. But we are back with another segment in this first hour right here, AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. And if you'd like to weigh in on any topic, 651-289-4488. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. With the cold weather upon us, it's time to look at the bright side of winter for homeowners. Did you know this is the best time of year to get quotes on window replacements? Contractors are very motivated during the slower time of year, and the prices reflect that. It's also the perfect time to examine your windows with a heat gun to see which ones are the worst if you only want to replace a few. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. As you may already know, this is the only free service of its kind. I'll stop by with the heat gun when we measure your windows, and I'll email you competitive installed window quotes from multiple local contractors. Whether you're looking for major brands like Anderson and Marvin or local Minnesota vinyl brands, we'll come up with the best options for your house during our one-hour meeting. Normally, you would need to sit through nine hours of high-pressure dog and pony shows to get that many quotes. Let me do the legwork for you since I know where to get the best quality at the best prices. If you decide to move forward, I'll be there to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, installs are done all winter long. Set up an appointment online at My3Quotes. That's the number three, My3Quotes. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now, you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. 
We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced, free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. Call 1-800-424-7126. Super Beta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-424-7126. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. 1-800-424-7126. 1-800-424-7126. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. Smoked turkey pulled in tender sauce to delight. 2141 Cliff Road in Egan and at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, Welcome back, AM twelve eighty Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Thanks as always for tuning in. Want to shift kind of a little bit to some national news. Uh, one of the areas that incumbents, when they are running for re-election, they try to tout their records or put a positive spin on what was accomplished in their first term. And the way they pose the proposal for uh, saying, I deserve a second term, is are you better off today than you were, say, four years ago when the particular incumbent was in the early stages of their first term. And this is something that obviously is going to be touted by uh, President Trump. And President is never shy about going on Twitter, talking about the great jobs report that comes out, how the past number of months that the number of jobs added it exceeded expectations. And it's it's kind of funny to, to, to compare and contrast, because when you think about the Obama administration, when GDP growth was middling around 1%, and that also includes how the economy was rejuvenated by money that was injected via government spending. Did we really have any growth at all? And the answer is no, we didn't. But what the Obama administration would consistently say is whenever GDP was less than 2%, they'd always say it's unexpected. Every month, I say, "Well, that was unexpected. Well, that was unexpected." You know, keep the faith; it'll, it'll, it'll come back. I remember they passed a half a trillion dollar uh, stimulus package, like in early, uh, maybe it was two thousand nine, two thousand ten time frame, and two thousand in the summer of two thousand ten was re- was touted as recovery summer, and it didn't happen. Okay, there was no recovery. So, uh, I got to the point where it's like, well. 
if you keep telling us month in, month out that less than 2% GDP growth was unexpected, should we begin to expect the unexpected? <laughs> That's kind of how the new slogan should have gone. So I bring all that up to say that the president, uh, current president, President Trump, is never shy about going on when we have another record-breaking day in the stock market. And you could argue whether a president is responsible for economic growth, but there is no question that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was passed in late 2017 was a definite boon to the economy, was different, uh, rejuvenate, rejuvenated a lot of areas, particularly companies, large companies, making incredible investments, not only in capital expansions, but also in their employees. And uh, UPS, they uh, made a significant investment in their uh, employee uh, pension plans, okay. Other uh, Fortune 500 companies, and again, like I mentioned, capital expansion. So that definitely had has had a significant impact, you know. And there was no, there was no doubt there was a slight recovery going to happen, or it was happening as President Obama was down the last few months of his second term. And what a lot of people say, well, this growth, this unprecedented growth, actually started. Uh, under Obama, and they even cook up some statistics to show how things were actually better under the last few months under Obama than they are currently under Trump. And you can argue the merits of that or or whatever, but again, there are a couple of incontrovertible truths. Number one, as I alluded to, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act has been a wonderful thing for this economy. And secondly, you had prominent economists, particularly Paul Krugman, who I hesitate to put into the prominent economists. He's prominent because he's consistently wrong. Uh, he, when it was, when it looked as though Trump was closing the gap on Hillary Clinton in 2016, and then uh, he he warned people if Trump gets elected, the stock market will tank, and people ask when it will recover. And I have no earthly idea, so I will just go and say that it probably will never, ever recover. And we've had how many records that have hap- that have occurred in stocks trading hands and, and stock market reaching new levels? I, I don't know. I don't know the exact answer. And again, can you attribute that to what Trump is doing or not doing? I don't think 100%. But again, when you say that it's going to completely tank over, under Trump and never recover, well, that's now out the window. That's gone. That's no longer the case. So I bring all this up because Guy Benson did a nice job at breaking down the numbers on some Gallup poll where uh, he titled his piece, you know, Are You Better Off Today Than You Were Four Years Ago? And a majority of Americans reply with a hell yes. Uh, It's time for another installment of polls that would suggest the incumbent president is cruising to re-election. And it's another entry from Gallup. Last week, the pollster released a blockbuster survey that was so ostentatiously good for Trump that it felt worthy on inclusion in this analysis of the president's best week yet. Of course, the president's best week is where he was had a very his State of the Union address was very well received, and of course was acquitted on the two impeachment charges. And now they're back with more. Americans are getting a lot of good economic news, and they're feeling it in their lives. For instance, the Gallup poll says that sixty percent of Americans say they are better off now than when Trump took office compared to just 36% who say they are not. That is higher than during the re-election campaigns of Obama, uh, Bill um, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, or George H.W. Bush. 
And 60%, here's the key number, 60% of independents say they're better off than three years ago. Okay, because both parties are going to have their core supporters. Okay, but it's independents who they really have to appeal to. And let's not forget that Trump's State of the Union address, overwhelmingly viewed as positive by Republicans, 90 plus percent. But independents, I think it was over 70 percent. Okay, so that's key. Uh, More Americans say it's easier for them to go out and buy things in stores than before Trump took office, uh, 52 percent to 36 percent. Again, that beats George W. Bush, Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush by a healthy margin. Now, this particular question was not asked in 2012. So you would think with those numbers, it's going to be hard for the Democrats to win with uh, with this these particular numbers, especially if it's Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren getting the nomination. I maintain that if by some minor miracle Amy Klobuchar is the candidate, she would be most formidable against Trump. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but I I believe that. And again, I don't believe we're going to get an opportunity to see that because I don't think she's going to win the nomination. But again, um, after my 2016 election predictions, I'm pretty much out of the prediction game. Take but that with a grain of salt, Exactly, folks. exactly right. Uh, or a, a huge block, whatever you so desire. I'll tell you what, though, if Klobuchar does win, are we going to have to name a stadium after her like Hubert H. Humphrey? That's a good we're point. We're going to have to call it U.S. Bank Field at Amy Klobuchar Stadium or something? Well, you know what? She don't, she'd be there, obviously the first female president. So right. that in and, of, in and of itself is historic. And for Minnesota, you think the Minnesota media is insufferable now. <laughs> Imagine if it, the first female president is from Minnesota. It'd be the ultimate validation. Oh, my god! It really gosh. would. We'd yeah. love it. We did it up. We can shorten it to like AJK Stadium or something there like you that go. for her middle name. That will go with it. <laughs> uh, by a 62 to 37 margin, Americans say President Trump deserves a great deal or fair amount of credit for the strong economy versus little or no credit. Now, again, you can argue whether that, and, and listen to the King Banyan Show, Saturdays 9 to 11 a.m. on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, if you want a more nuanced breakdown of these economic numbers, because he'll give it to you straight if he believes Trump deserves a majority credit or not. But be that as it may, people believe it. And if people believe it, they're not going to want to make a radical change in their lives, like electing a new president, specifically someone who is an avowed socialist. But What's interesting is the voters were split almost evenly on whether President Obama deserves at least some credit to no credit, 51 to 48. So, again, the recovery did start during President Obama's last few months in office. You know, but again, what was the mindset of 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 people driving the economy? Well, they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, January 20th, 2017, he's out of there. So do people immediately come, become more optimistic? Once the eight years of Obama, we're going to be in the rearview mirror again. That's I didn't dig into the nuances of that poll. So, what's interesting is that if a, if Trump were not going off uh, just full bore on Twitter and engaging in the boorish behavior that he has been, he'd win re-election in a walk. But this is the era, political era we live in now, where undeniably good things, good economic news is coming out monthly during this administration, and he's far from a shoo-in of winning re-election, okay? He, he just is. That's just a fact. You can, you, can, you can dispute that all you want, but right now it's far from a shoe in 
And again, a lot can happen over the next nine months until Election Day. So while these numbers look good now and the president, you know, you could even justify he has a right to take a victory lap, uh, the work's work's not done. So uh, we've seen a lot. We we didn't think we could top the craziness in 2016, and it's seemingly been uh, topped every subsequent year since then. So, uh, but again, these numbers very interesting and undeniably good news for the current administration. That is for certain. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show hashtag N A R N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. My portfolio's diversified, my 401k's maxed, but my savings account just sat there till I switched it to Marcus by Goldman Sachs. I'm earning way more now, just between you and me. My savings are right on track, feels like I got upgraded for free. You can, money. With an online savings account from Marcus by Goldman Sachs, you could earn much more interest than with the largest banks. Sign up at Marcus.com. Comparison made to the three largest U.S. banks measured by total deposits. Rates as of January 21st, 2020 may vary by state. Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today. Let's do this. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. Whatever happened to Ice-T? Did he do much after his rap career? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> SVU is the best. I, I being uh, being facetious. Jason. I know, I know, I know. Yes, SVU. I very good in that, by the way. Except I can't tell you anything else he's been in other yeah. than Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I, I I thoroughly enjoy SVU. I don't I don't. It's not appointment TV for me, but it's on reruns constantly. Oh, yeah. on other channels you can binge oh, yeah. watch it anytime. Out of so. the three Law and Orders, I think there's still just the three: the original Law and Order, SVU, and then Criminal Intent. SVU top of the list for sure. Hard to argue. Hard yep. to argue. That is for sure. Uh Kind of a uh, kick in the uh, <coughs> nether regions when I came across this story this past week, If particularly if you're a Timberwolves fan. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Getting his number retired by the Celtics. Um, how mu- how long after is that then he got his Wolves number retired? Mm-hmm. Oh, he hasn't <laughs> got his number retired by the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's a... That's a kick in the stones, to say the least. Michael Rand at the Star Tribune wrote about it in a surprise announcement Thursday. We learned that NBA legend Kevin Garnett is going to have his number retired. But no, it wasn't his number 21. And no, the announcement didn't come from the Timberwolves, the franchise for which he played about two-thirds of his career games, including the first 12 of his career. Instead, it was the Celtics, who are retiring KG's number 5 sometime during the 2020 21 season in a tribute to Garnett's six seasons in Boston, which included in 2008 the franchise's first championship since 1986. Garnett tweeted shortly thereafter, I'm honored and thankful to have my number retired with the Celtics. I will always have immense respect and appreciation for ownership. Danny Ainge, Doc Rivers, my past teammates, and Celtic Nation. Um. Timberwolves have, this is their 31st season in existence. And this has been a dysfunctional franchise for most of that time, the vast majority of that time, to say the least. Yep. It had nothing going for it before Kevin Garnett was drafted by the Wolves out of high school in the summer of 1995. They had nothing going for them. No milestone you could point to other than the fact that they set the single season attendance record in its in their inaugural season because they played in the Metrodome and they sold like thirty five, forty thousand tickets a game because people were so stoked to have the NBA back mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities. Other than that, their first that I guess that would be first six seasons, nothing to glom onto. In fact, I've talked about this. In nineteen ninety four, the original owners, Harvey Ratner, Marv Wolfenson, had a deal to sell the team to a group that was going to move them to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it fell through at the last second. And then Glenn Taylor, I think he called 612-337-DUNK <laughs> and uh, got through and found out how he could buy the team so he could keep them in Minnesota. Seriously, it was it was something like that. He was yeah. like hunting around for a phone number to call, and he finally found one and said, yeah, I'm a billionaire, own several businesses here in, the, in Minnesota. I'd like to buy the, uh, buy the Timberwolves, something, something crazy like that. And then KG comes along. And he shows promises as a rookie, 95-96 season. And then they draft Stephon Marbury in 96. They had traded for Tom Gugliotta, uh, I believe, in the 95 season. All of a sudden, that trio leads the team to their first-ever playoff berth in the 96-97 season. Now, again, they were a young team. Marbury and Garnett were 20 years old. Gugliotta was still late 20s, I think. So they got swept by uh, by Houston, 
But nevertheless, you said, okay, they have got the core in place. This is going to be a formidable uh, team franchise for many years to come. And they ended up going to, I think, uh, eight straight playoff appearances, finally in 2004, breaking through, winning two playoff series, getting to the Western Conference Finals before succumbing to the Lakers. Very good Lakers team with Shaq and Kobe, who had won three consecutive NBA titles uh, earlier that decade. So Kevin Garnett resurrected this franchise. You look at some of the players he played with. Again, Marbury was gone after only a couple seasons because he was not going to be able to get the maximum contract that Kevin Garnett got because after Garnett signed his six-year, $120 million extension, the NBA said, whoa, time out, time out, time out. This is getting out of control. Mm-hmm. We we got we to gotta do something here. And they there was even a lockout, and they finally negotiated a new CBA where you can only sign a certain amount, dollar amount. And Stephon Marbury did not want to sign a max contract here in Minnesota, so he signed for the exact same contract in New Jersey because he was the highest-paid player in New Jersey. So that's another storyline for another day. But the point is Kevin Garnett led this team to several – consecutive playoff appearances with what Troy Hudson uh right. Trenton Hassel uh James Hollywood Robinson they were going to playoffs every year with bit players right he carried this franchise on his back and then of yep. course it was the 03 prior to the 0304 season they traded for veterans Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell mm-hmm. there was immediate optimism injected and they won a franchise record 58 games went to the Western Conference Finals as I just alluded to and then, of course, because Spree needed more than $10 million a year to f- feed his family, he didn't want to stay <laughs> after that season, and it just kind of fell apart from there. And then a couple years later, Garnett was traded because it was they were stuck in salary cap purgatory. They couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere, couldn't enhance the team. But Kevin Garnett, by this point, was about 30 years old and says, I want to win a championship, dog. The, you know, Don't blame him. Yeah, and don't blame him at all. So I bring all that, all that up to say Kevin Garnett is the sole reason why this franchise has any scintilla of credibility whatsoever in their history, that is, in the history of their franchise. It's Kevin Garnett. Right. And the fact that his number is not hanging in the rafters is, within the context of sports, a disgrace. Yeah. It's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. And I under from what this uh, lo, one of the local sports stations uh, in town was talking about. Apparently, what had happened is uh, they brought him back. Um, I think I think it was Flip's uh, just before it was like the, the 2014 2015 season. Yeah, Fli- it was Flip's final season because yep. he passed away that fall, October mm-hmm. 2015. He brought Kevin Garnett back in the fold and say, "Hey, we're getting the band back together." And Flip was kind of had a stake in the team. And the way the story goes is apparently Flip promised, okay, KG, you're, I, I mean, you're almost 40. You don't have much left. Okay, this is just a PR movement, bringing you back as a player. But we can probably get you a stake in the team and still have an influence and be the face of the franchise, you know, behind, you know, being as part owner. Mm-hmm. Well, after Flip passed away, as the story goes, Apparently, he uh, Glenn Taylor did not honor that promise, which Flip had made to him. And so there was a rift, and, and it ended up falling apart. And I don't know how this has gone, but Glenn Taylor absolutely, if he hasn't, needs to reach out to Kevin Garnett and say, hey, you're the only reason that this franchise has any credibility. It's not because of me, the owner. It's because of you. We need you back in the fold, whatever rift or divisiveness that was caused by my actions, I 
wholeheartedly apologize. This isn't about me. This is about the fans, and the fans revere you, KG. You need to come back in the fold. We'd love to have a jersey retirement ceremony for you. PDQ. Especially okay. because he's going into the Hall of Fame yes, this he's year, a finalist. too. Yeah. And it's most it's likely going to be him, Kobe, and Tim Duncan. So if you're going to do it anytime, it should be now. Uh, But look, Glenn Taylor has a history of kind of alienating former players or staff. I mean, look what's going on with Kevin McHale right now. Kevin McHale is suing Glenn Taylor because of, uh, I can't remember uh, uh, what the business venture is, but apparently uh, Taylor made some promises, didn't follow through with them. And now Kevin McHale, a basketball icon in the state as well, at least at the University of Minnesota, not so much as a Timberwolves head coach. Right. yeah, he just Glenn Taylor has a way of with uh, I don't know finding a way to alienate some of the best that have ever played the game here in Minnesota. It's very strange. It has to be rectified. And again, if Glenn Taylor has reached out and if and if Garnett has rebuffed those attempts to reach out, well, then that's on KG. Of course, we don't know that. Yeah, but somehow, some way, this has to get resolved for the fans because th- this is a, just another kick in the gut. Like I say to the fans, and uh, the fans of this team for decades have seen enough. You know, this has to get been literally my entire fandom has just been mediocrity. (laughs) Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a few. If you have cracked teeth, missing teeth, or old, wobbly dentures, you've probably thought about getting dental implants. But when you checked around, you discovered that many places charge a lot of money. $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a tooth. Well, it's time for you to check out ImplantMiracle.com, the local dental office where top-quality, long-lasting dental implants cost as low as $2,499 a tooth, including the implant abutment and crown, plus your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free and we offer very convenient financing. Why do we call it Implant Miracle? Because with implants as low as $24.99 and other places charging so much more, some people say that being able to get affordable dental implants is a miracle. For more information on how you can save money on dental implants and get a beautiful new smile that you can actually afford, see our website, ImplantMiracle.com. That's ImplantMiracle.com. Here is your class valedictorian. You want your child to succeed at every level in life. To succeed, they need a solid foundation. Your child's education is an opportunity to instill a lifetime's worth of Christ-inspired principles to create that foundation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we help your child get into a private Christian school for 50% off their first year. For more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Giving your computer problems with boots. Arby's Computer Service. When you want your computer fixed right the first time, Arby's is the place. Hi, this is Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Why is it that your cell phone is replaced every two to three years with no thought about cost, but when it comes to your computer in your office, you try and hold up five to six years or longer to do the same? Arby's Computer Service. What is that loss in productivity doing to your bottom line? Do you know that we can sell you a brand new commercial computer that is super fast for less than the cost of your new iPhone or Android phone? Why are you waiting? Call us today. We can be reached at 763-441-3884. That's 763-441-3884. Or on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the 
What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching band all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Minnesota high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.